Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. The way you approach your divorce negotiations can either make or break your outcome. So today we're going to be talking about how you do it. And mum, I keep getting it wrong. So can you say it? <laughs> it's, it's, I call it the iron fist in a velvet glove. So today we're going to be talking to you about how to do your negotiations with an iron fist, but in a velvet glove. That's now, before right. we get started, you've mentioned this in, a, in another ep- episode about the DV swing. Hello, Laura. Oh, hi, mum. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> but let's get cracking. Okay. So you mentioned this in one of the domestic violence episodes where yes. you talked about sometimes if someone's being so horrible to you, uh, and you've put up with it for so long, when you finally get free and the pendulum sw- swings the other way, you're not taking a bar of it. Yeah. So can you just explain why it's really important to maybe listen to this episode for people that you don't have to have been through DV, but where yeah. you've had the pips with your ex and you've had yeah. enough and you just want to get okay. it sorted. Yeah, so it it's true. Like often a lot of people just keep the peace in their relationship because that's how you'd keep you keep the, the, the marriage marriage or relationship going. And then I find sometimes, and it is a, a known thing, that at the end of the marriage, uh, they will come away, a person, particularly if they've been domestically abused and used to saying yes to everything, they'll come away quite timid. Then as time goes by and they get some perspective about what's been happening to them in the relationship, they go, well, excuse me. And they they stand up for themselves probably for the first time in, in years. But then, unfortunately, they can tend to go a little bit too assertive too soon. I think assertive is great, but you don't want to be like that before you've settled your property settlement. So what we need people to be is not, you know, to get your your stuff done, to get your settlement. You don't want to be at the very beginning where you're weak and you just accept anything they say, and but you don't also want to get to the point where you don't accept that even if they say today's Wednesday, you don't agree with it. So you've got to try and just keep a level head and put up with it for just that little bit longer yeah. so, so today, that you can get a settlement. So today we're going to do seven tips. Mm. Seven tips on yeah. how to approach your divorce negotiations with the iron fist in a velvet glove. I said she got it. it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but before we delve into those tips, you said a very important thing anyone listening today needs to know if they need to know what their end goal is. That's right. You need to know where you stand. So we always say to people, go and see a lawyer at least once and get a rough idea of what you're aiming at because how can you negotiate if you don't know what your entitlement is? Mm. And even if you think you're not going to fight for your full fairness, you're going to settle for something less to keep the peace, you still need to have a clear idea of what it is you're sacrificing in order to keep the peace so that you can set your goal in your mind and then negotiate appropriately. Okay, so So anybody who is listening, if you haven't found out what it is that you're fighting Mm. for, and I know a lot of people say percentages for property or time Mm. spent with their children are the main biggies, Mm. make sure you know what your end goal is before you start negotiations. Otherwise, you don't really know what you're negotiating and they can start leading you the way they want. Or you won't know a good offer if it comes across the table. And I say even more than that, after you've worked out the the percentages for property split, turn that into an actual dollar figure and where will that money come from? You know, is your, say, 
Say you're getting $100,000. If there's a $200,000 pool and somehow you've decided 50-50 is right for you guys, so you're going to get $100,000, how are you going to get that? Because that $200,000 pool is a calculation of all the assets to be divided. So they might say to you, well, do you want your car? That's $26,000. You take that off the hundred. So, And then you just work out what percentage you want of super, property, and cars. So you've got something to work on and what dollar value that looks like. And you can do our course if, if you, you want, want to, to do, yep. kind of figure that out yourself and then go get it checked by a lawyer. Or you can listen to some more of our episodes or yeah. go and see a lawyer. I think, yes. I yeah. think seeing a lawyer, if you're not doing the course, I think you do need to yeah, see a lawyer because yeah. it's very, I don't think we're able to cover enough detail of everyone's situation. In the podcast, yeah. Yep, in a podcast. Okay. All right. So, Mum, let's get down to these seven tips. Okay. So everybody's leaning forwards if they're in their cars and they're, <laughs> yep. they're slowing down with their scrubbing of the the shower because we know lots of you are cleaning right now. But number one, mum, you say don't react. Yeah, try try not to be reactive. Okay, explain that. Okay, so throughout your relationships, there might be a trigger that someone says, the other party says that makes you flare up and you actually don't see reason very well for a little while after that. In a separation, I find that the other person will sometimes deliberately do those things. And when you're reacting and emotional, Mm. you're not following your path. You're being distracted off your path by them and it's just wasted energy Mm. Um, and you need a cool head. So no matter what they say to you, don't like whatever offer they put, it could be insulting. It could be just a shocking misunderstanding of all of this work you've put in over the years. A slap in the face. It feels shocking that someone that you used to love could do this to you. Mm. Uh, But try not to react. They've either done it on purpose to hurt you or it, it may have come through a lawyer who's drafted a letter in a formal way and hasn't really taken into account how to approach you because our people, our our listeners won't do that. No. They won't write that sort of letter that makes someone react. No, and we're going that we'll make that tip number mm. two is if you are writing to them, try not to be too business like and insult them. And I guess really when it comes down to it, Mum, it's the it's the different divorce personality types that we talk about yep. all the time. Yep. Are you amicable? Yes. Are you high conflict? Are you yes. deeply controlling or are you dealing with avoidant? And mm. if you write a business like scary lawyer letter to an amicable you could ruin ex, it that yep. might just be the end of your amicable divorce yes. and it might get nasty that, well they may go and see a lawyer and they might start and- well they say lawyer up i'm yep. gonna go lawyer <laughs> up she's lawyered up i'm gonna lawyer up yeah so so that is an inflaming of the negotiations can be. absolutely can be yeah yeah Okay, so when you're saying that don't react though with tip number one mm. with manipulative controlling and high conflict. They love that. That would be really hard to not react. Well, I, I guess what I mean is don't react in a way they can see it. Right. By all means, go <laughs> into, into the bathroom and have a tantrum, <laughs> you know, cry in the toilet, do all of that, not in front of your kids. But the response they get will mm. be deadpan response. So all of that stuff they were excited for you to read and get upset about, well, they'll think it didn't do anything. Mm. And if they're not getting fun out of it, they, they might, might stop. not do it anymore. And, and that's right, because yeah. there's no no reaction from you. So the worst thing you can do is show them a reaction to that. Right. So yeah. don't show them your reaction. Yeah, I know. it's. Yeah. You're not human if you don't react. Yes. <laughs> Go and react in a, in a yeah. padded room. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> okay. So number three, mm. don't fall into old patterns yes. when negotiating. So what yeah. do you mean by that? Okay. So you know the fights that 
people have, like mm. even in happy marriages, you have the occasional Barney. Mm. And there's often a, a general theme. There's often something that someone raises every single time. Oh, you know? yes. What about Christmas 1997 yes, when or, you did XYZ? Or you're always late for everything. What would you know? Or yeah. you never helped with the kids or you this. Yeah. So so be careful with those old allegations because if you raise them, they're, they're irrelevant really. Um, if you raise them in an insensitive way, in an insensitive way, then the other person is going to react the way they always have react mm-hmm. reacted. So mm-hmm. this is a new dawn. We're talking about a future here. So try to leave those old patterns behind because there's no that there's no future in it. There's no point solving <laughs> no, those old ones. No, and and so somewhere between a business like letter mm-hmm. and a, a, a letter that's sort of dithery and and apologetic is the perfect way of, of writing your letter. So don't and be dithering the perfect, apologetic. Yeah, and it's the perfect way for you to conduct your negotiations, which is nothing like how you used to argue Yeah, with them. Yeah. So is it sending a message, particularly if it's manipulative and controlling type, mm. you're sending a message to them to say, it doesn't work. I'm not, I'm not going into this roller coaster yeah. rodeo with you that I'm yeah. going to stop this. This is a different situation this is different this is a different dynamic now we're out of that and i'm out of we're out of high school and i'm not going back to there (laughs) this is uni (laughs) and so that does send a message back to stop the shenanigans really okay great tip all right really easy to say really hard to do because i i there is actually a book uh, what is it called? Reinventing Your Life. I mm. think I've mentioned it before by Jeffrey E. Young and Janet S. Colosco. They've both got PhDs. But this this falling into the same patterns, apparently it happens a lot to people after they've broken up with their ex. They find a similar person like their ex and fall into yes. exactly the same patterns. Yeah. So it is hard to just go, don't go into your old patterns. But I think go and see a psychologist yes, and absolutely. say, this is the fight we always used to have. Can you help me to get my head out of that pattern so I can move forward? Yeah, um, I love it. But so, yeah, if you're interested in that book, definitely have yeah, a look at helps, it because yep. it'll help you get out of that pattern. If, look, relationships are pattern central. Mm. And because you've lived together for so long, even if it's only a few years, that's a lot of mornings, afternoons and so forth. Yeah. So you each know each other very well. Yeah. And it's very hard to to um, change your pattern. Yes. <laughs> now, Mum, with an iron fist and a velvet glove, one of the things you say you really need to do in negotiations is have a firm but respectful boundary. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So don't, in, in any negotiations, I think don't be businesslike in your speaking, but be firm in your speaking. And uh, there are some things that they may say or do that you can tell them are inappropriate. Yeah. And don't you do it back. This is, And like you just yeah. said, Laura, this is not the 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 fight we're having. This is not the space that our relationship yeah. was is in. This yeah. this season is for respectfully and yeah. in a business like manner and sorting out our assets going forward. I guess you could use the trick that sometimes I use with my kids. <laughs> I can see you're upset right now. Some of the words you are saying are indicating to me that you're quite emotional. <laughs> I'll talk to you later when you feel Better or? Oh, be careful doing no? that to another grown adult. Okay. It could sound a tad patronising. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what if I said that to you ever? As it's, an adult? Yeah, probably You'd say, not. no, don't say that. I'd go, fair enough, call me back in all. <laughs> we don't really fight. Um, no. but, but I guess I guess if you, if somebody is 
using horrible words, oh, calling you absolutely. terrible names. You just go, okay, I'm ending this discussion yes, that's now. that's exactly right. Ending the discussion, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And the beauty of it is you no longer live in the same house with them. Hopefully. Or, yeah, hopefully. You don't have to sleep in the same bed with them or, or have the same meal with them. So mm. you actually can remove yourself from the space by simply hanging up or going home, mm-hmm. going somewhere else. So, yeah, if it's a lovely... If you're separated under one roof, that's a little bit trickier, but mm. I think probably not get into too many negotiations not, while you're living together. We, don't, we often don't. We yeah. we leave it, everything sort of limps along. And I look, anyone Which is really who's hard. living at home, I, I, I think it's the most terrible thing because most people, they don't wake up one morning and go, that's it, I'm leaving the relationship. There may be six to seven weeks or more of terrible mornings where you gradually realise that this is that you have to working. go. Yeah. And, and and that period of gradually realising is generally recognised as the hardest part of the separation because you already start your grieving. Mm. But if you reach that realisation and you can't go, you're locked in that phase for a very long time. So we feel for you. I really yeah. do. We've got uh, two episodes on being separated under one roof. Yes. Because there are a few kind of ruley tips you give can help, yeah. that can help, uh, especially with separation date and getting child support and spousal mm, maintenance. So keeping safe. I'll put those mm. tips in the show notes for anybody who is still at home with their pa- partner or yeah. ex-partner. Okay. <laughs> Moving along, mm-hmm. giving in for the end goal. Yes. So... Again, this is the, you, if you've had toddlers, you know about this. So, if you want something really badly, you may have to give in on some other point mm. just to to get the main goal. So, uh, I've I think of it as kind of the like the silver candlesticks argument, where you might want to um, someone else wants them, you go fine, have them. Who cares? You know, there might be a, a discussion about which car they have or who's going to pay the rego and all of that. Just think about all of that and think about. Is it worth losing a deal over? Mm. And if they are just saying things to dig at you and prickle you, it doesn't just try to push it down for a little bit longer. And, and <laughs> Psychologists react. will all be cringing yeah. at mum telling everyone no, to push just their until, feelings down. Just till, you get, <laughs> just till you get your settlement and then let it rip. But, you know, you're really going to have to be strategic. And if you're not a sort of person who's a, a planner and a plotter, and, and God knows I'm not, mm. then it comes very alien to you because it, it smacks of manipulating the other person. Yeah. But I think that it's in everybody's best interest to get an outcome. As, and if yeah. the other person can't do it without you giving in on this one point or or if they can't help themselves from being nasty about it and you can still rise above it and settle, mm. and uh, then that's the best thing. I think the best thing you can do in any mediation is try to be prepared to settle, not on the big stuff but on the little stuff, and trying to be charitable and and almost think politely of this person who's just made your life hell for the last six months. It's really hard. There are going to be so many people rolling their eyes. Well, lawyers do it all the time. But I think it's really important that you're saying that, you know, Mm. and we've said this many times on many episodes, when you look at the end goal of getting a new life, drawing a line in the sand and going, that's it, we're done, we've sorted it out, you get that, I get this, we're moving on, end of end of drama because let's face it it probably takes up half of your week dealing with all this stuff and a lot of brain space so if they want the other car and you really want the other car it's just a car but if it's if 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 that's the only thing that's holding you back from finally ending it maybe you could 
sell the car that you get and get, get a different like one. And remember, I know I always say this too, the furniture is all just secondhand, the yeah. car's secondhand, and stuff is just stuff. And I have found maybe, especially moving on into the future of your lives, think about in the future, do you Mm. really want the special credenza that's going to remind you of past arguments or problems that you've had in your relationship every time you look at it? And is it seriously the only one in the world? Yes. And it's just stuff. Which, again, is so easy for us to say to the people that are going through. we've been there. I've been there. I've been there. So, okay. I tell my clients, too, if they've had to move into a tinier house Mm -hmm. that's nothing like the mansion perhaps I used to live in. I had a lady once and she moved into the rental and I said to her, look, paint it white and hang some gingham curtains and embrace the minimalist country (laughs) vibe. And she never left there. She stayed there. She said, I've decided to live here because I haven't got a mortgage. It's nice and cheap and I love it. We've got sunshine and a puppy. And Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I moved from a very big house into an apartment, but it was at the top. And so everyone called it Rapunzel's Tower <laughs> yeah. and everyone just referred it to as my summer palace. And yes. Rapunzel's summer palace. So, yeah. And it was a nice little getaway. And, and again, it's all temporary in that stage. So yeah. thinking about approaching negotiations in divorce, let's yeah. go through the, the number seven one is letting them think it's their idea. Yes, yes. So what is this what lawyers do? If you're separated or about to be and you need to get everything finalised and sorted but you don't know what to do next or you're looking for a way to do your own divorce and settlement without spending thousands of dollars on lawyers, then you already know what you need to do and that is to sign up and become a member of the DIY Divorce Blueprint. Empower, educate and equip yourself with the legal know-how and the tools you need to get divorced or de facto separated and finally set. Work through this course at your own pace without feeling confused, lost, scared or overwhelmed of all the family law legal jargon and processes. Let us walk with you through this journey and show you a better way. The, the number seven one is letting them think it's their idea. Yes, yes. So what is this what lawyers do? Well, a good lawyer will. Okay, so yeah. explain what that means. Because we're, when we're trying to negotiate mm-hmm. on your behalf, right, mm-hmm. the worst thing a lawyer can do is get angry with the other lawyer and then the pair of them can just make your whole fight can worse than it, it was. Yeah. And, oh, and and you might as well just do the fighting yourself. Mm-hmm. So, yes, lawyers do. We are respectful and professional and keep it polite. But sometimes the lawyers, not not my lawyers, but the lawyers on the other side, not me, can have uh, pretty big egos too. And so there's always an opportunity, and I think people should do it as well with their exes, to kind of plant a bit of a seed and then let them come back with the idea. Mm. You know, you may see it clear as day, oh, this is the way we should do it. What we ought to do really is I'll take half his super and he takes half the cash and then we're right. But wait until it's perhaps their idea. Mm, you if, know, you've got or manipulative if you've got a manipulative or controlling or a high conflict person. Yeah, yeah. With the avoidant uh, type person, uh, again, you have to be very gentle with an avoidant person to get them to move along. But mm. use inclusive language when you're talking to them, when you write to them. How yeah. about we do this? How about we do that? Mm. You know, and you, and you can sign, sort of That's rather than tip. dragging a person along. I think our plan should be. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, no, not even no. I think. No, oh, yeah. Do you think? Do you think we could? Our plan should be this or this. So you've got a toddler. You know, you don't you don't want your three year old toddler choosing their shoes for the day because they might pick gumboots. Gum they always pick always gum pick gumboots. So you say, "What do you think you'd like to wear, Tani?" 
these shoes or these shoes, and then they'll pick. And you don't give them the gumboot option at all. The gumboots are out of sight, yeah. (laughs) So that's the kind of thing you can do, like to try and take the heat out of it. Mm. It does sound like I'm being patronising, but humans are humans, you know. Mum, there was a book in your bookcase that I read one day because I was completely bored, Mrs Beaton's Guide to Being a Wife or something. Oh, yes. And in it, it literally said, always, never, never give your husband, never give your husband the idea of what you want Make it them think it's their yeah. idea. And so let them have, it's not like it's not a new it's not thing. A, well, that Mrs. Beaton book's over 120 years old. Yeah, so there you go. So it's been so happening for a long on, time. Hang on, what were you doing with my antique books? I don't know, I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so mm. I did miss one, Mum, and, oh. and you kind of touched on it a little bit, but yeah. the biggest one I think maybe some people are having problems with is not letting your lawyer be too aggressive yes. and creating a drama that maybe wasn't mm. there in the first place. Yeah, I think we did touch on it a little bit. But yes, you need to choose your lawyer wisely. So um, some people go to a lawyer and the lawyer will go, oh, I'm, oh, I'll watch me, I'll just nail this I'll side to the ward, I'll slot them, this is this and this is this. And, and that's really about the lawyer's ego. Yes. It's not what you want. And your your thing and what we always say is our job to do is to do for you what you would do if you had the training and we're trying to give people the training mm-hmm. and the education. But also our job is not to um, hammer the other side. It's to get you through in one piece, emotionally, financially, you know, not run up your costs. So a reasonable letter from a lawyer will always get you far more results Mm. and quicker than someone who writes sarcastic letters. And and you might think, read it and go, ha, that told them. But really, it's just going to stir the other side up. And sometimes then the lawyers lose track that they're supposed to be helping to settle this for you. So Mm. I wouldn't... Do you you come across... (laughs) Do you come across lawyers that become like like Mm. a bit too Mm. gung-ho? Yeah, there's some lawyers who I think are born like that. But, (laughs) But do you know there's clients like that as well? Okay. And so sometimes you'll have a client. Oh, they find each other. They do. You'll have a client come to you and and uh, I have in the past um, had to say to someone, you know, you sound like you need someone who's really going to go for the juggler. And that's probably not my style. Mm. Um, but there's a lawyer down the street I know who does that. So we send them off there. Um, it's not to say that we're not firm and yeah. we're and I be firm and hard when I have to be, mm. and you know, to get a point. But you cannot... You cannot be doing this for the lawyer's egos. And in your experience, the iron mm. fist with the velvet glove works better. Works best. Well, Always isn't it that best. saying, honey? You catch more flies with honey. Yeah, you catch yeah. more flies with honey. Okay. So- I try to always be reasonable with my colleagues and try and think the best of them. And I guess it must be so hard to be if, if they've cheated on you or if they've left you or you're mm. just completely over them, they they're just don't do anything, they're not helpful and or you've had huge fights and you're all angry or you're just disappointed that it hasn't worked yeah. out. So all these emotions are running through your head mm. and and then you've got to try and negotiate. So yes. it, it no wonder it's a minefield because yeah. negotiations and mediations and things like that mm. all come down to everyone being reasonable mm. and thinking logically mm. and looking at the facts. Absolutely. And so if you get two good lawyers, uh, when their clients burr up mm, <laughs> and, and say 
um, sort of unfiltered things, the client, the lawyer will tone that down in the correspondence. So they're right. kind of like filtering it through. Right. And for the people who are doing the course or listening to the podcast and who are acting for themselves, you don't have the lawyer to say, we won't say that. We'll yeah. just say this. Yeah. Uh, so you need to like write your letter, leave it for a couple of days and then have another look at it. And we have that communications compass. Mm. Can you remember all of the letters? N for North. E for exact, so be precise. No, uh, N, N for nice. Nice, not sorry, north. North. <laughs> so nice, and E for for being exact. So don't don't put extra words in whatever yeah. you're Make writing. Make it short. Make it short and to the point. Yeah. Okay. South is short. Is <laughs> short. Yeah. Short. Yep. And north, south, east, west. Oh, without emotion. Without emotion. Yeah. Yeah. We were struggling to find something. I think you've got it wrong there, Ma. But do you not think? I think we've missed something because we've said exact and short twice. But no, exact meant precise, oh, and facts. then keep it yeah. short. Yeah, keep yeah. it facts. Don't put adjectives in. Yes, you know it's not a it's not creative. And writing. never say I um it, it, you know I've been incredibly I've been incredibly angry. Just don't even say angry, but incredibly seems to stir people yeah. up. And, yeah, and just kind of moderate everything down. Okay, all right. So people listening today. Mm. Everybody, again, as we always say, you're always in the negotiation phase, whether yep. you're in court, whether you're in mediation, or whether it's a lead up to mediation, whether you failed at mediation, whether you're waiting to have your first court date, or waiting for, waiting judgment, for trial, or waiting for se- anything. Yeah. You're always in negotiation phase until you get your judgment. Until you get your judgment. So mm-hmm. you can write a letter mm-hmm. and Offer an, like a, a put thing. Put without prejudice on the topic. You're trying to put some proposals. Yes, because you know, with, with, what mm. does without prejudice mean? Without prejudice is the shorthand for without prejudice savers to costs. And that means that you are making this offer and it can't prejudice your case in court the other, because the other person is not allowed to use this letter in court. Mm-hmm. They're not allowed to say to you in the witness box, hey, you said you made an offer last April that you would take, you know, the caravan mm. and the car and that would be it. Mm. And now you're saying you want half the house. Mm. They're not allowed to do that. Great. So, um, ne- so, so negotiations can be prior yeah. if you're right without and prejudice. Then, and then you use that letter. The only reason you would use that letter that is if at the end mm-hmm. you get more than the caravan and the car and you can say, Your Honour, we would have settled this last April mm-hmm. because here's the offer yep. I made and this person didn't accept it. Therefore, would you order costs against this person? And costs means paying fees. Pay some of your legal fees if and you can had any. Listen yep. to the costs and Calderback offers. Calderbank. Calderbank offers. I'll make a lawyer out of you. No, yet. you won't. Never, never <laughs> I refuse. Um, you can listen to that episode. I'll put that in the show notes if that's something that you're up mm. to. All right. So negotiating, we're always negotiating. Everyone is always has a chance to get off that court yep. conveyor belt. Even if you're about to go to mediation, you can still try and negotiate, but you can't really negotiate again, like we said, unless you know what it is that you want. Yes. So really make sure you know what you want yes. by going to see someone. Well, at least you know you, what you're giving up then if yeah. you do negotiate below. So we're going to about just go into a little bit more depth of the, the four personality types. Mm, okay. um, but number one, again, was don't react. Yes. Or hide your reaction. Yes. Number two, don't let your lawyer become too aggressive or create more yes. drama. And and sometimes a lawyer might inadvertently write a letter that's too businesslike and too legalistic mm. and it gets the other person's back up, maybe because they don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, number three, don't fall into the same patterns. Yeah. Number four, firm but respectful boundaries. Mm. Number five, don't try to be too businesslike if it's amicable. Mm. Um, number six, 
give giving in for the sake of the end goal to some things you might mm. just have to number the, seven letting them think it's their idea anything else you want yeah, to add to that i think that's pretty good i just think one thing i'd like to say to everyone mm. um is that if people go to court uh, and you get a document from the other person that's got an application to the court and that these are the orders that this your other person wants mm-hmm. at the bottom there's usually and that the uh, respondent pay the applicant's costs of and incidental to this application and the number of people who ring me and they're hysterically panicking about that because how dare my ex say that or mm-hmm. you know and i just wanted to know for whoever it is out there who needs to hear this today that lawyers just put that on the bottom of their orders with automatically uh, i've never had a client instruct me to put costs on the bottom we just do it's a it's a procedural thing so be aware that some of the stuff that might be getting you upset is, is actually probably lawyer just writing. lawyer writing, not particularly meanly. You know, they just have don't realise the impact wow. that it might have. Yeah. When did you realise the impact? When people kept ringing you in a panic? Yeah. When? Yeah. Very early in my career. Yeah. Uh, when I had one of my clients say, "I've been served with papers, and he wants me to pay costs." <laughs> and, and you're like, "Yeah." It's kind of like the equivalent of a fairy tale story, and at the end, it says the. End, and they yep. lived happily ever after the end. Yes. So that's what, and they should pay their costs. Yes. Yeah, how often? How often does it actually happen? Well, the, the general theory in court, or the the legislation says that parties should generally pay their own costs in family law proceedings. So it is really only in extreme cases that costs might be awarded. So I don't know a percentage to be okay. honest, but uh, you know, if if someone makes an offer like we said, with an outpages offer, and they get that or better when it actually goes all the way to trial, the court is not slow in ordering costs there, mm. some of the costs to be paid. Um, you really do have to behave yourself in yeah. a court process. Yeah. yeah. And if you're not in the court process and you're negotiating, you still behave yourself. Behave. No, because all those letters do oh. end up in affidavits and, and in front of judges. So just be aware, everything you do or say, Yep, maybe used against you in yep. court of law. <laughs> every every text you write, there should be a song. Every yes. every text you write, every Facebook post, um, may well find it being printed out and attached to an affidavit and being read out in court by a barrister. Well, there is so a there is a saying. Silly. It yeah. says, "Dance like nobody's watching, but text and um, so do social media like the a judge is going to look at it." That's a good idea. Yes. I like that. Yes, I'll embroider that and put it up. But I think I think mm. really the message we're trying to get home today for everybody Mm. is you're always negotiating but Mm. the way that you negotiate can really make or break your potential of getting settled out of court not going to court and even sometimes avoiding mediation if you guys can nut it out yourselves or just with lawyer letters Mm. you can really save yourself a lot of money Mm. and you know our course does show you how to do that Mm. uh if if that's the way you want to go then then you can stay out of court and negotiations it, it really is the crux of everything yep. and I think a lot of people think oh we just go to a lawyer and the lawyer does it all and then it's done but mm. it, the, the lawyer is just your facilitator that's right it is up to you yeah I agree they're not magicians they can, magicians they can't just magic and, it to be finished and the, the tone of that first letter mm. could spoil everything yeah. because they might be nursing a grudge over something you said back in the letter 
earlier mm. on. So I think that be, having been partners makes the negotiations harder, not easier. Yes. And perhaps maybe with that don't react, if you do get a letter from the other side and they're not listening to these tips and they're just throwing mm. fuel on the fire and it's getting crazy, just put it down. You don't have to respond straight away, do you, Mum? No. No? No. And uh, unless it, there's like a deadline on it that well, actually has a consequence. That actually has a proper deadline, yes. Then you don't you don't need to write back straight away. And I no. tell you right now, um, writing back straight away, if you leave it overnight and then look back at it later and go, oh, I should probably not write that, <laughs> I will rewrite it. And I and I think that happens for everyone. Well, it happens for lawyers, our firm, um, particularly really? me. I have a policy. If there's a really fiery letter yeah. that I've written, I've dictated, I ask my secretary not to give it to me till the next day. And I, I usually go through and cross out a lot of <laughs> words like very and uh, disappointingly and <laughs> outrageous. <laughs> and, and and if my letter starts with at the outset, you know I'm really upset. So, so yeah, we tone those letters down because who's that helping? Yeah. So if you're doing it yourself and you don't have a secretary to hold your letter for a day, then maybe write it and And then then save it as a draft. Absolutely. And promise yourself not to send it. And don't send it till you've gone through Mm. it and rechecked it. And to avoid sending it to the wrong person. Yes. I I put my own name in the the two and save it as a draft. And then when I reopen it, only then do I put their name in because we've had two matters in the last few weeks in my firm where someone's sent a letter and then frantic email and frantically tried to recall it, not before we've seen it. Oh, no. Yes. So, um, <laughs> yes. Okay. So let's quickly go over the different types of personality types yep. and talk about that negotiation approach. Hmm. So, again, because if someone's come out of a manipulative controlling situation, hmm. potentially DV, hmm. the last thing they want to do is be this, uh, like back into, nice and yeah. and and give into anything. No, absolutely. How dare they? Because it just feels like a continuation of the abuse. Well, it feels like that. I think to a lot of them that they're just, you know, they ha- they've left, but now they're back in it again. In that again. Yep, I can I can get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. So what do you say to them? Well, it's just a little bit longer, and it's not really giving in if what the proposal is um, is within the range. So you have to try and put a very business like hat on mm. and look at the what it means in dollars and forget all of the insulting words and connotations. Just look what it means to you going forward. Mm. Forget how it looks to them. Yeah. Um, you could know. you think of it like this if, if for an example, you could think of it like, well, if you were in a toxic workplace mm. and you were desperate to get out, mm but you wanted to have a decent reference mm-hmm. instead of blowing up at them and telling mm-hmm. them how crap they are and writing a really abusive letter, you hold it in, you're giving you two weeks notice and you just stick it in there for those extra two yes, weeks and then go. so that you can get a better job. But yeah, if you lose a- your mind in the job, yeah. And you don't get a good reference. You might not get a better job. It's the same. It's the similar, isn't it? Isn't it like my toddler story too? Yes. Why does a two-year-old say "tar" <laughs> to, to make biscuit. to make mummy let go of the biscuit? Yes, not so, because the two-year-old's wanting to be polite. No, not at all. No. So, um, so it's the same thing. It's just like you just have to to do the do. I don't think know. people in other countries know that toddlers say "tar." I think it's an Aussie thing. So Ooh, "tar" yeah. means like please. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So all to our USA and UK and or maybe UK probably be the same. 
but all course. the other countries. That's what mum means by tar. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so it, I know it's really hard, but maybe you could have in your head like a superhero feeling of, yes, I've got my velvet glove on, but underneath is an iron yes. fist. So even though, yes, you might have to give in to something and, yes, you have to be civil and, yes, you, you want to bite back but you're not going to, just think of yourself as a controlled superhero. That's right. And, and it, it doesn't matter if they think they're getting the better of you again. Yeah. Because you know deep down that, that you're playing them. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes, mother. <laughs> okay, next is amicable. Yep. So negotiations with amicable. Yep. Any, the, any tips? I think do those quickly while it's still amicable. Yes. Um, but but don't be tricked into thinking that just because it's amicable, it's in your interest, like that the other person isn't being a little bit self-interested. So you really do need to go and find out what your rights yes. are. Yeah. Um, but yes, and, and I hope for everyone that they can have an amicable uh, separation, negotiate firmly but fairly and mm. come out with something they can both live with and then um, that they are – they're not carrying any legacy of of disappointment or hatred or anything over that. If you're amicable at the beginning, don't make try not to make it worse with the separation yeah. and with the with the negotiations. But still, remember the test for amicable. What happens if you say no to anything? Yeah. How amicable is it then? And if it's not amicable, or Change if it's it. only amicable because you're saying yeah. yes, then yeah. then maybe they're manipulative. I think maybe with the negotiations with amicable too, we get a lot of people writing in saying, "Oh well." We we just want to keep our own cars. Mm. He's got a new house. I've got a house. Um, we just want to keep our own bank accounts. We want to keep our own super. But, yeah. So and so so we don't need to negotiate anything. What do you say to those people? They probably don't. They might not have to. No, but but do they need to do anything? Well, they need to go and find out what their what their rights are. And but can they just walk the house, away? Well, some people very rarely can you because people are often on each other's mortgages or each other's houses. But even if imagine even if, if no one's thing okay, is in okay. anyone's name all and right. it's all separate. Well, then as long as you don't go and win win lotto or or have a big inheritance windfall or some sort between the uh, walking away mm-hmm. um, and the twelve months after a divorce or two years after separation, then you're probably okay. Because okay. one of the tests the court has to apply is: is it just and equitable to make any order at all? And I do occasionally find matters where that it's so neatly divided already mm. that we don't. People have really probably kept their money separate. But all it's you a do risk. then, it's what we do. Though I always say, remembering Farmer and Bramley, um, I always say you need to write it down and get that court seal on it or do a yes. binding agreement. Well, Otherwise, it's not over. That's what I meant. So because oh. I we get a lot of people writing in saying I don't need to do anything yep. because we just he's got his money, I've got my money, we've got his, mm. I've got a house in my name solely. So get it written down. But you have to have, have it to written down. Get it down and get an order. And the and the case that I mentioned, Farmer and Bramley, uh, they separated. I think uh, she had four little kids. He was really not very much of a father. Really, not a provider. Had a heroin addiction. Separated, and they um, he won a lotto mm. about eighteen months after they separated, and and he had to give some of that to her. Yeah. But if they'd had a consent order, then probably he not. Have had anything? That's right. Okay. He wouldn't have to give her anything. Um. All right. And that leaves avoidant. Yep. So avoidant is tricky and the language is important with avoidant, but you're going to have to be persistent. Mm. Um, And sometimes you need a legal letter to drum it into them that it is separated, that you are separated. But don't 
like frighten them into doing nothing at all. Mm. You know, so you have to be inclusive. And I'm thinking about this um, in your legacy. So how about, you know, what do you think about this as a plan? And if we do that, um, we could do that. What do you think? If I don't hear from you, um, I'll go ahead and keep moving on that path, that sort of thing, the way you do it. You're still, you're still sounding helpful and giving options, yeah. but you're inexorably moving yourself Yes. Um, and your agenda, I guess, to get separated and along. If, and if you are avoidant, and I know some people are uh, because they just don't want to face it, yeah. when it if, if you're avoidant and the other person doesn't care or they're avoidant too and mm. it's just, just this big mess for mm. ages mm. and you don't do any negotiations, is there mm. any, any problem with that? Yeah, there can be. Yeah. Things can change, like values can go up, values can go down. People can lose their job, might not be able to get a mortgage anymore. Time limit. The time limits, of course, um, that we've talked yeah. about, divorce and, and uh, de facto time limits. So there's a lot to be said, but but you need to give yourself a little bit of grace. I think people yeah. need to be able to cope. Yeah. And if you can't, I think it's time to rally your strong friend That's and at right. least go and see a lawyer and find out where you stand. Yeah. Yeah, get your friend to book the lawyer if you can't even bring yourself yeah. to do that and then yep. just get them to take you and, you know, that will make a big difference. And we forgot high-conflict mum. So oh. negotiations with high-conflict, what a okay. fun uh, topic. Yes, don't answer every single thing they shot, shot they fire over at you. So okay. I think I would be writing back to them saying, you know, if they write da-da-da-da-da, you just go, look, um, to this we say that, to this we say that, but don't even answer the, the ones that aren't relevant. They're really ones they just want to fight over nothing. Okay. Yeah. That's or, or you can sometimes give in on those little things, but not until the end. If you give in all the way along, then you'll find out they still want more and more to give mm. in. So so do your little bit of giving in with people at the end. Right. Mm. That's a good tip. Mm. And always know what it is that you want at the end yes. so that you make sure you're not giving in to something that you actually want. Yep. Now, Thank you, Mum, for that. You're welcome. Um, it is a, a weird topic, but I think it needed to be mentioned yep. because when it comes down to negotiations, it all comes down to the person who's negotiating, not necessarily the lawyer, because you're the one who's got to right. respond and answer and agree or not agree. Yeah, and so, you do all the work. So yeah, you try do and, all the work. All of you out there, try and think of, put your imaginary velvet glove on yes. and imagine your hands turn to iron and get yourself through this divorce yeah. negotiation or de facto negotiation yeah. and, and keep it'll, generating it'll, options it'll be quicker yeah hopefully it will hopefully all right thank you mum thank you laura bye everyone Thanks, bye if you found this podcast helpful we'd love it if you could rate review and subscribe by doing so you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.